Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. Cleared away by the Kings, picked up by Martinez. Martinez to Clifford, feeds it right side to Foley with a shot. Save, rebound, score! Alec Martinez has won the Stanley Cup for the Los Angeles Kings. And royalty reigns again in the NHL. Hey, what's up, Kings fans, and welcome to the Hockey Royalty Podcast, the unofficial podcast of BrickRoyalty.com. I'm Scott Kinville. Before we get going, I just want to let you know that actually this is episode number 14, just so in case I didn't mention that. Uh, so before we get going, I want to let you know that we can, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, we're at Rick Royalty, and we're also at Royalty underscore pod. And you know what, guys? We're on Facebook now, too. We are spreading yeah, we are. social media wings. That's the biggest trade deadline news of the day, right? There it is right there. <laughs> Breaking live right now. <laughs> We're on Facebook. That's right. Hockey Royalty Podcast. So look us up and like us if you will. So tonight we were uh, we were supposed to have a guest. Uh, but, you know, this guy decided to ditch us to go play for the L.A. Kings. You know, <laughs> I mean, what's more important, doing this podcast or going to play for the Kings? I'm I would sure have <laughs> So uh, just kidding, Matt Love, congratulations on your call-up. Uh, wish you the best of luck, brother. We're going to have you on, uh, I think, Thursday, correct? Thursday, yeah. 
All right. So it'll, it should good. be uh, kind of interesting because we'll have Alex LaFerriere on Wednesday and then Matt Luff on Thursday. So back to back. Beautiful. It's, it's going to be an LA Kings kind of week. So, mm-hmm. all right. So let's get going. We're going to talk about the trade deadline. So before we uh, before we start, I just want to make sure we everybody's got a uh, name to the voices here. So first of all, Mr. Ryan Sykes, what's going on, Ryan? Hey, Scott, I'm doing well. Looking forward to talking about the trade line, trade deadline. Excuse me. Yeah, absolutely. It's been kind of a long 24 hours for everybody, I think. So <laughs> up next, Mr. Jack Weber, what's going on, Jack? Hey, not too much, Scott. Just uh, got a little nap in after that trade deadline, and uh, <laughs> ready to go. Ready to go for this podcast and the Kings game later. Yeah, well, those of us here on the East Coast were kept up a little bit late last night by uh, certain Kings trades. So, <laughs> uh, last but not least, out in sunny California, Mr. Russell Morgan. What's going on, Russ? What is up, guys? Let's talk trades. <laughs> I say, let's do it. Good idea. All right, so first and foremost, let's get it right out of the way right now. The Jeff Carter trade. Jeff Carter got traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins. In return, the Kings got a conditional 2022 third-round pick and a 2023 conditional fourth-round pick. We'll go around the table, guys. What do you think about this trade? Scott, they listened to you. They read your unorthodox article, and they took your advice. They are planning for the future. Uh, but no, seriously, um, I... I <clears throat> That's more than I thought they would get for Jeff Carter, to be honest. Um, I didn't think Jeff Carter would be the guy that the Kings would part with at the deadline, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, but what they got for him, you know, the conditional third uh, round pick in 2022. Um, and <clears throat> his, what's the conditions on that? Again, he has to play in 50% of the, they have to make the. So for, yeah, the 2022 one, they, uh, they have to make the Stanley Cup final and he has to play 50% of those games to make it a second-round pick. That's right. And for 2023, he has to play in uh, 50 games in order for the fourth-rounder to be bumped up to a third. Um, So, I mean, I think maybe the latter is more plausible, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I guess uh, (laughs) the the chances of the Kings making the playoffs this year are – are not very good. So we might have some rooting interest in the Penguins and also uh, the Maple Leafs just because of how well Jack Campbell's doing. But yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I think I like the trade for the Kings. Um, you know, I think, you know, Jeff Carter, obviously terrific LA King, what instrumental in two Stanley cups. Um, and I think even over the last couple of years served a valuable role as, you know, a veteran mentor to some of these young guys during this rebuild. But, you know, let's be honest, part of the reason, you know, he had a he had a spot in the team the last couple of years was there weren't really a lot of guys kicking down the door from the farm system for a, for a spot on the team. And now that is starting to happen. And I, I think this was the right time to part ways. Uh, you know, they get out from the last year of his contract next year. They can use that roster spot, you know, to give to someone else, a, a younger player. And, uh, yeah, as you said, Ryan, I was a little surprised they were able to get, you know, two at least mid-round picks for him. Um, you know, for what I think Jeff Carter brings to the table at, at this stage of his career at 36 years of age, I don't think that's a bad return. Yeah, I think we kind of, it's funny because like a couple episodes ago, we were talking about buyout for Car- Carter. But <laughs> So it's it's really surprising to see there's still some trade value in Carter. But I mean, we had mentioned it with Dustin Brown and Jonathan Quick, that intangible uh, playoff experience. That's something that teams right now around this time of year always always value. So. Um, the Penguins saw something in him, and 
the line, it looks like he's going to be playing with uh, Rodriguez and uh, Jason Zucker up in, in Pittsburgh. That looks like a it's a pretty speedy line over there. Um, I believe they're going to be playing Carter in the center position, so that should yeah. be interesting. Um, but, yeah, uh, to get a conditional third and conditional fourth out of it, you just can't complain. It's a good return. Well, as we should know, too, that the Kings retained half the salary. So that, um, you know, that probably helped get the mid-round picks. But, you know, really, that this is a win-win all the way around, right? So instead of having to buy them out and having, what was that going to be, like a $3.8 million hit next year if they bought them out and then like a $770,000? Uh, yeah, yeah, around right around there, Scott, yeah. So they're going to save money. Or cap cap space, I should say. I mean, the money really doesn't matter. At least to us, I'm sure it does to Mr. Anschutz, but not to us. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyways, so you don't have to prolong the pain. Next year, it's all over. And then if he retires, it's. I think the cap recapture is going to be a 3.1, I believe, something like that. But either way, they're not going to be stuck with a 5.25 million cap hit, regardless. And you know what else? It opens up a contract spot. Because the Kings were right buttered up. They have 49 out of 50 contract spots used. So with Carter going and not taking anybody under contract in return, that also opens up a precious contract spot. So if, and especially when you're going into the offseason, you know, obviously they're going to lose one to Seattle and all that. But if you're going to go free agent hunting, you're going to want contract spaces available, right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens in terms of free agency in the summer. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later, but. Yeah, like you mentioned, um, having that, uh, the Penguins, well, we kind of knew that we'd probably have to eat some, or the Kings would have to eat some of that deal um, in terms of any trade that was made with whether it be Carter or Brown or anything around those, those players. Um, but to have just about 2.6, 2.7 mil on the books for Carter uh, next year, when we were talking buyout, when it was going to be 3.6, that's, that's some good savings. And then also you get that third round pick. Can't complain. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and, you know, at this day of his career, Carter just, you know, he's not a $5.3 million per year player. Um, you know, the Penguins decide, okay, at half that, they they still see some value, but there is still some savings there for the Kings. And, and you know, in terms of both contract space and cap space now, they're going to have room to do something this summer. You know, they're only going to have to retain on Carter through next season, and then he's completely off the books. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, again, I do think Carter had some value to the young players over – the last couple of years, but that only takes you so far. Like at, at some point there was more value in having that roster spot to give to someone else. And I think that's the point the Kings reached. And, you know, I, again, I think this is something that works out for, for everyone. You know, the Kings get that roster spot. They get that cap space. Carter gets a chance to go chase a third ring with the Penguins. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you guys had this kind of uh, aha moment last night, but um, you know, everyone being linked to, to trade rumors and all that kind of stuff. But when that formal announcement finally came through, that finality of it just kind of hit me. And I mean, Manny, you can edit this out, but it was just kind of like, holy shit, you know, Jeff <laughs> Carter's been traded. Yeah, we talked about yeah. it. And then all of a sudden, it actually, like, I mean, we're like, oh, we got to get rid of Jeff Carter. He's just not producing. And I mean, yeah, we, we, we talk about it, but then when it finally happens and you see those old, like, clips of him during the Stanley Cup Finals in 12 and 14, you're like, oh, wow. Kind yeah, of get a little nostalgia around those times. I was just going like, to say, yeah, you kind of get a, a little bit emotional, you know? It's like, yeah, okay. it's, de- it's definitely, I mean, I mean, I always remember that overtime goal he scored against the Devils in, uh, game, what was it, game two? Game, game two. two. Yeah, yeah. And it's, that's something you always forget, always remember and you never forget in terms of if you're a Kings fan, that's, bringing the first Stanley Cup and being part of a big part of that um, franchise 
uh, the franchise during those cup runs and arguably probably, probably one of the biggest uh, trade acquisitions in terms of uh, King's history. And, and you remember just, just the uh, like the reputation he had when he got to LA too. You know, he was like this immature malcontent who the Flyers had to get rid of and then he sulked his way out of Columbus and he kind of had this bad rep about him. And he showed up in LA and, you know, was just nothing but, you know, a true pro from day one by all accounts. He was a great teammate, you know, matured into a great veteran leader and obviously a great player who scored a lot of uh, a lot of big goals for the Kings during those two Stanley Cup runs. And someone, you know, I don't know if he's going to have his number retired or not, but someone who's definitely got a, a big place in L.A. Kings lore. Uh, yeah, I don't know if his number will be retired, but I'll definitely say it might be a while before somebody wears his number. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you're not that common, well, he's definitely right? getting a legend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to kind <laughs> of, you know, just to kind of wrap up the what you said about acquiring him, you know, in 2012, just his immediate impact that he had on the LA Kings and scoring eight. Uh, I think he led the team with eight goals during the, the Stanley Cup playoffs in 2012. You know, it's just it's hard to really just kind of quantify his his value. I don't know if you guys remember game six against New Jersey. I mean, I'm sure you do, but the, the second goal he scored, I made it like four, nothing early in the second period. That just kind of, that was the dagger. That was yeah, like, okay, exactly. They're going to do this. Yeah. Was, mm-hmm. I always remember that goal. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, the part that really surprised me the most was that the trade actually happened. Because if you recall the trade, the Kings have been trying to trade him for a couple of years. And each time it was brought up, he's like, no, if you trade me, I'm retiring. Then the team that gets me gets nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. So this one being actually pulled off was quite shocking to me. Just the fact that it happened. But I think, you know, knowing Ron Hextall having worked with him before when Hextall was with L.A. as you know, assistant general manager really helped facilitate this trade. I'm sure it did. And, you know, I think there were a, a number of factors that went into this, you know, Carter, a couple, you know, after going through a rebuild for a few years, I'm sure eventually at some point, part of him gets sick of it. And part of, and you know, when this opportunity is presented to him, hey, you can go play with Crosby and Malkin. You can go go to the playoffs, chase a cup. It's like, man, that sounds nice after you know not winning a whole lot these last three four years in LA. And yeah, I'm sure that relationship with Hextall was part of it too. And you know. I don't know if you saw any of the quotes, you know, from Hextall today uh, when they were talking about the trade, but he was like, you know, I talked to Carter last night and he was, you know, super excited. He was like, hey, I'm all in. Can't wait to get there. And, you know, I, you know, Carter's got a family now. He's got, you know, two kids. He's been in L.A. a long time, deep roots there. And I'm sure part of him didn't want to leave. But at the same time, when it's like, hey, I got a chance to go to the playoffs. I got a chance to chase the cup again. You know, the competitor in him, I'm sure that fired him up. Come on, Jack. You're telling me you would you wouldn't want to play with Blake Lazat for one more game. Sydney <laughs> <laughs> hmm, Crosby, Blake Lazat. No. Yeah, <laughs> but no. Seriously, I wish the the fans at least got one more chance to see him play before he was traded. Yeah. You know, they were you know what uh, eight days away from seeing him. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's true. That's well. Hey, you know, if he plays next year and and the Penguins come back to Staples get a normal season hopefully we'll we'll get that yeah but you know there's one thing too with with carter leaving it leaves a little bit of a vacancy and it has to do with letters on the sweaters because mm-hmm. he was wearing the a so i know who my obvious pick as to who should be taking that a is but i'm going to go around the table and ask you guys so ryan we'll start off with you 
who should be wearing the A for the Kings now? I mean, the obvious choice is probably Dustin Brown, right? Um, probably going to throw a little bit of a curveball at you. I'm going to go with Mike Anderson. Okay. Wow. That's it, guys. I'm wow. done. You can move on okay. to the next person. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll just let that simmer for a minute here. <laughs> yeah. Was well, that because A's his, his last name starts with A? Is that what this is all? About? Just change it to a different Anderson each game to see if, if anyone notices. No, you know what? We give the A to Athena to you. Then he can be Triple A. Yeah, there, <laughs> there you go. go. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, I thought maybe it was going to be part of Iofalo's new contract. <laughs> yeah, the obvious answer is Dustin Brown, right? He used to be the mm-hmm. obviously the Kings captain. Um, you give it back to him, but I mean, he's what one, two more years? I can't recall. There's too many numbers to make contracts in my head. Um, but yeah, I mean, what I, I've liked, what I've seen from Mikey Anderson, his leadership skills this year, especially in the media stuff. He, you forget that he's 21 years old when you're sitting there listening to him. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But I mean, the obvious answer, you're right, is Dustin Brown. If if Dustin Brown doesn't get it, there's something wrong. <laughs> that's that's my opinion. But I mean, yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll be stunned if, if it's anyone else but Brown wearing the A tonight. But uh, you know, obviously the resume is there. He captained the Kings to two Stanley Cups. Wearing a letter on his jersey is is you know not foreign to him. You know, Anderson. I think you know he he is a guy maybe later in his career. Um, who, who could wear a letter? I mean, he's still only, you know, 21 in his first NHL season. I don't know if the Kings want to saddle him with that kind of responsibility yet. You know, I think it probably it, – it'll. I'm sure it'll be Brown. Um, but, yeah, it is interesting, you know, to kind of think about some of the guys. You know, like Ayafalo is, is a guy who's been around a while now. And, you know, maybe at some point, you know, if Brown or, or Doughty misses a game with an injury and someone else has to wear an A, then you start to wonder, you know, who might get that. And I think someone like Ayafalo could definitely be a candidate. Yeah. Wow, I'm so, I'm I'm surprised you guys didn't mention the best player on the Kings, Matt, Matt Roy. Roy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean the reason it's I say another Matt good Roy, candidate, honestly. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean the reason I say Matt Roy, I know Lisa Dillman uh, mentioned this uh, a couple weeks ago, but his leadership skills is it's really unique because he's almost I compared him to like a Tom Brady because he leads by example. He's not outspoken like a Drew Doughty. He's not really that. He's not. You don't really hear much on the ice like Drew Doughty, but. He just leads by example, and that's the kind of player you need. And you need one to have. I mean, we could obviously you could you can put Dustin Brown and give him the letter back, but that'd be kind of like we need to have that new wave. The Kings need to kind of look forward to the future, so you need to have that new wave of captaincy or alternate captaincy coming up. So I think Matt Roy would probably be a good pick. I mean, he's he's a great player, and he he leads on the ice. Hey Russell, that was kind of that was kind of my thought process with Mikey Anderson because. Obviously, all three of us were going to chime in and say Dustin Brown, right? Or I'm sorry, all four of us, sorry. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, it's got to be a little bit different here, right? Think yeah, outside you, right, you shocked me. You really I shocked did. me, right? I thought for sure you were going to say Jed. Yeah, well, like uh, he's, <laughs> can't he, believe with, it. The, with the Anderson rotation, he would get one out of every three days. <laughs> I know, but I mean, Jed wasn't your first choice. I can't believe this. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'll well, tell you, they got to wanted... say the C for him. That's where I was going. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll let you out on that one. Right. <laughs> Although, I'll just I'll close it with this. If you want to see Coach McClellan's head explode, put it on Gabe Velarde. Yeah. Move around. Just go up the field and throw a letter on his sweater. Like, expectations aren't high enough, right? Not yeah, yeah. No, right. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you really want to put him in the doghouse, give him the A. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving right along. Um, one guy that did not get traded, that they were all talking about could possibly go, was the aforementioned Alex Iafalo. Uh, today he signed a four-year contract with an AAV of $4 million per. Uh, what do you guys think about this deal? I love the term, love the dollars. You know, he's been, he's got what, like, I think I just looked it up before we started here, but like 11 goals, 14 assists. Guys, his goal is backhanded shot on Martin Jones on Saturday night. That was a thing of beauty. You know, it was. Uh, <laughs> He's been really productive over his four years here in L.A., obviously undrafted, <clears throat> kind of worked his way up into the, the Kings top line and been a productive player there. Um, I don't think he'll stay there over the next four years. And I'm, I've noted here before, you know, my uh, concern for his production if he gets dropped down in the line. But um, I guess today in this moment, I couldn't be happier for him. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to see I follow stick around, and I think you know there is right to to be a little bit concerned. You know how much offense would this guy produce if he wasn't playing with Andre Kopitar all the time? But you know I do think this is someone whose game has really his all around game has has steadily improved over the last couple of years, and it, you know it, it really just all came down to the number. You know if it was going to be five million or more per year to keep I follow around, then at that point I'm thinking okay. Let's move on. But at the contract they got him at, four years and four million per for a guy who's only twenty-seven and and you know has has shown a lot of improvement over the last couple of years. You know, I, I'm definitely okay with that contract. Yeah, we've talked about how Iafalo kind of fits in the Kings to the future. I mean, we I think we can all agree that for the Kings to be a contender, he he needs to be moved down to probably like the second line or even maybe the third line if they do find that extra talent. But um, the fact that they've got him at four by four, that's that's just incredible value for a, a great second line left wing. I know he's playing the first line right, left wing right now, but hopefully they can find uh, better better talent to fill that uh, position. But I mean, four by four, I thought he'd be at four, maybe four point five, maybe close to five, because with the way that the market's going, um, it was looking toward that direction. But as far as when he would when they were looking to trade him, I mean, you, you see the deals that were happening. I mean, you see Felino getting a first round pick. You see David Savard getting, or Dennis Farr getting his first round pick. It was like, wow, Kings kind of have to see what they can get out of I follow because the deals were being, or picks were just being given away at that point. But the fact that they were able to re-sign him for that deal and that term, it's, a, it's just a great ad. And he's just part of that new wave of, of young veterans now that are, are going to be, um, who knows, maybe captain, alternate captains going forward in this, in this team. Yeah, and, and to your point, Ryan, about the way draft picks were kind of getting thrown around, you know, it kind of made me think, you know, maybe teams don't really know what to do with their draft picks this year because there has, has just barely been any junior hockey. And teams, okay, well, if, if there's any year to trade our first-round pick, maybe this is the year. And, <laughs> and, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, Rob Blake's never going to tell us. It would be interesting to know exactly what some teams maybe offered the Kings in exchange for Iafalo. Um, But, you know, he's someone I'm happy is staying around. And, yeah, I think ideally, you know, when the Kings, hopefully in a couple of years, are back in contention, he's maybe someone who's going to be more of a middle six forward and, and we find someone with a little more finishing talent uh, for that top line with Kopitar. Uh, but he's someone who I do think can have a useful role on a contending team. And uh, it, was, it was nice to see him sticking around. 
Well, you know, and I think this move is really a, a move for Anjay Kopitar as well. Because here's the thing. It's a four-year contract, right? So within a couple of years, Kopi is going to start sliding down that lineup a little bit. I mean, as, as Byfield emerges, as Turcotte, Kopari, whoever emerges, right? Mm-hmm. So we all know Kopitar is very comfortable playing with IFL. Brownie is most likely going to be gone within a couple of years, retirement or whatever. So to have him paired up with somebody that he's comfortable playing with as he slides down that lineup a little bit is golden. But, Jack, you mentioned something right there about the, the first-round picks getting thrown around and all that. Now, once the Islanders acquire Kyle Palmieri, we kind of had to figure Ayafalo wasn't going to go there, even though Lou Lamarillo is a magician when it comes to all this stuff. I kind of ruled them out in my head. So I kind of had it figured that he was going to go to Boston. So when Taylor Hall went to Boston for basically a bag of peanuts, really, a second-round pick in Anders Bork, it's got to make you wonder if in these trade negotiations, if Rob Blake wasn't sticking to his guns and demanding a first-round pick for Alex Ayafalo. I think even if they... I'm, I don't know. I'm conflicted here because I feel like even if Rob Blake was offered a first round pick, I still don't know if maybe if it was just a first round pick for Iowa Follow, I don't know if he would have taken it. Because like like Jack mentioned, this this draft. Well, I've, I've been hearing it. This draft isn't that great, really that deep. So let's say you do get like a pick in the twenty five to thirty range. But what are the Kings going to draft another player right there and then maybe wait for him to be NHL ready in two to three seasons? Like that's not where we're at right now in the rebuild. The Kings. I saw somewhere on someone post on Twitter the Jeff Carter trade was indicative of the end of the rebuild, and the I follow signing was indicative of the start of progression to start contending now. And that's kind of where the Kings are. We're not looking; they're not looking toward the future anymore. They're looking to win now. And unfortunately, that was kind of the hope this season. It's not happening. But next season, this team should be competing for a playoff spot. I think we can all agree on that. That's that's that needs to happen. There's, this rebuild's been going on long enough. We have the prospects. We have the talent. And now we have the money in the offseason to make that happen. Yeah, and to your point, Russell, I mean, Rob Blake hopped on the media call today, which he's never done before. It's kind of <clears throat> to that metaphor that you noted, you know, signals towards progression towards the next great team. Um, he indicated, you know, what we do in the offseason is only going to be to improve this team. So I think you're going to see a very active Los Angeles Kings in free agency and in trades. Uh, this off season, yeah, the, where the Kings are now, <clears throat> it kind of reminds me of the 2008-09 season, which was you know Drew Doughty's rookie year, where the Kings they were rebuilding, but they showed some progression that year, and then that off season they started to get a little aggressive trying to improve the team. You know, they went out and got uh, they traded for Ryan Smith, I believe, that off season, made a couple other moves, and and that's what I expect to see from the Kings this off season. They have the cap space, cleared a little more from with the Carter trade, and. I expect them to be, you know, a little more aggressive in terms of trying to improve the NHL roster this offseason. They got to use some of those draft picks. I mean, I laid them all out today on the Rink Royalty account of what they what they have of well, at the at the time they had twenty five million, twenty six million before uh, the I have followed contract. But obviously, the math is easy to do on that one. Um, <clears throat> but you get what I'm saying. I mean, they're going to have plenty of money to spend this offseason. There's no doubt about it. And uh, so let me ask you this. Is there anything that you guys are disappointed by the fact that the Kings did not do at the trade deadline? And what I mean by that is maybe use some of that cap space as a weapon to try to maybe get a first-round pick otherwise or, say, trade like an Andreas, Andreas Atheson to see what they could have got. Is there anything that they didn't do that kind of went, meh? We should have taken advantage of that. 
Uh, I don't think so. I think the that new. It seems like the trendy new term was the broker team. Right. I think That's the Sharks did happen. it, and like, a couple other teams did it just to even get. I think the uh, Blue Jackets did it just to get, or the Red Wings did it in that Savard trade just to get like a fourth round pick or whatever. But like I mentioned, it was the Kings are looking more for contention. I don't think they want to be spending money just to get like a third or fourth round pick right now. Um, I, I'm pretty. I would say I'm pretty happy with. Um, how the deadline turned out it's it's I mean if they're not if they weren't going to move too many pieces then keep a brownie keep quick and, and we'll see what happens next season but in order getting a third round pick for Jeff Carter that's a great move we knew he was going to eat they were going to eat half of that deal that's fine and then uh, re-signing all I follow that's even better so pretty happy with it yeah, I can't really say there's anything I was wishing they would do that they didn't. Again, I, I kind of expected it to be a quiet deadline. You know, if someone like Athanasi or Kempe was moved, it would have surprised me. Ayafalo was the big question mark. Obviously, they were able to get him signed to a contract I was happy with, and I, they, they made a good trade for Jeff Carter. And, and so, um, yeah, I, I can't really uh, – I, I give Rob Blake a passing grade for this trade deadline right now. There's uh, There's nothing really I'm disappointed about. Yeah, and just to kind of mirror your guys' sentiments, I mean, I didn't <clears> – <throat> I knew they were going to trade away somebody. Uh, obviously, we touched on it at the top of the hour, but uh, I didn't expect that to be Jeff Carter. But something interesting that I, I, I took away from uh, Blake's uh, media presser today was they're actually – they're ongoing negotiations with uh, Athanasios. So, so uh, don't be surprised if he comes back next year on like a two-year deal. And honestly, I'd be happy about that. You know, I know he's a player who who has his faults and he's kind of a a one end of the ice player. But man, it's watching him skate with the puck sometimes. It's so obvious the skill he brings to this lineup that's just been lacking the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, I I do think he's someone who uh, who could be a a good part of this team in the next couple of years. I don't think his defensive liabilities have been as apparent as everyone made them out to be when the Kings initially signed him coming into training camp. Um, <laughs> He's not you know, minus 50 or whatever he was. Last yeah, year. exactly. But, you know, I saw, I mean, just a couple of individual plays that I saw where he stopped the rush the other way, just putting a stick out there or something like that. It just, uh, he's, he's impressed me in that way and just doing kind of the subtle things. And I think that goes a lot towards um, Todd McCullen's system and structure that they have in place there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, let's not forget, the Kings are six points out of a playoff spot. Now, it's a long shot to get in, but it's not impossible. So, I mean, you know, you get a, a winning streak now, start, say, you know, a couple of teams go on a losing streak, and you still got a puncher's chance to get in, right? But the thing is, now with Jeff Carter gone, there is an open spot in the lineup. So, once again, we'll go around the table. How do you guys think that they should go about filling that spot? Well, I think right now I believe it's going to be Grundstrom that's going to fill in tonight. He was out of the lineup for a couple of games long-term. Um, I know Matt Luff was just called up to uh, the taxi squad. I think they're going to give him, um, I guess, a quote-unquote extended look for the final 15, 16 games, whoever is left. Um, obviously, you got to get a look at Martin Furk when he comes in. Yeah, and, I, think, um, I think I saw that uh... – yeah, like you mentioned, Grunstrom's probably going to draw back in. I, I think you'd probably have to put Wagner 
probably back on the just to kind of replace Jeff Carter. I mean, he kind of brings the same kind of kind of game. I mentioned to you guys right before we hopped on that I'm kind of becoming the Wag- Austin Wagner defender on Twitter now, <laughs> which isn't really a hill I want to die on, but it is what it is. I, I've, I've, I've liked what I've seen out of his game. I, we mentioned in the last episode that he's been using his body a little bit more, and he, I saw that in the last game as well. So we'll see what, that, what happens. But, that, I mean, the Carter move, it just, it just makes room for the play of the kids. That, that's really what it does. I mean, we gotta. it's time to see what the young uh, prospects in Ontario can bring up in the L.A., yeah, for me, someone who I who I'd like to see get another shot here over these over these final games is uh, Leah Anderson, um, who, yeah. who's playing, been playing really well in Ontario, and uh, you know he, he he's someone I'd like to see get another look in the lineup here. You know, as you said, Scott, you know the playoffs aren't totally out of the question, but they are a long shot at this point. You know, definitely the focus at this point should be on seeing what you have for the future and. Leah Sanderson, someone I, I would like to get more of a look at. Absolutely. I, I would agree with you on that, Jack, actually. Great call. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, you know, I'd also like to see Kapari get called back up for, for a few more games. I mean, I think he deserves it. Yeah, that's what I did. Um, I'd like to see Akil Thomas, see what he can do. Yeah. Yeah. Akil Thomas is definitely a player I want to see. His, and I have mentioned, his game will translate well into the NHL. He's got that versatility to play all three positions. He can. He's in on the four check quick, and he uses his body pretty well. So that's someone definitely. I mean, he's he's put in the work definitely in Ontario, and he's looked pretty good. I Absolutely. do think I do think we'll get a, a look at Quentin Byfield for four or five, six games or whatever it might be, probably to close out the season. Took kind of a nasty spill into the boards against the the goals. I believe it was last Wednesday, um, but he's going to be just fine. So. Yeah, and you know what? Who else I'd love to see get a shot to back up is is Kaliev. I'd love to see Kaliev with Velarde. I would love to see that just to just to see what Gabe Velarde can do with a sniper. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's he's the disher. He's the guy who likes to set people off, and, and everybody knows Kaliev loves to fire the puck. But let's not forget too that Martin Furk is going to be back. He's working his way back through Ontario now, so there's another wild card in the equation. Yeah, I really felt bad for Martin Furk this year. You know, the Kings signed him to that. I think it was a two-year contract extension. I, I thought, you Correct. know, mm-hmm. hey, maybe maybe there's someone who, who's going to get a look. And, you know, the poor guy just hasn't been able to stay healthy all year. Um, really just become a lost season for him. But, you know, maybe he is another guy who, who could get a look over these final few weeks here. Uh, I will say, I'm, let, yeah, let's, we can get a look at Martin Furk. I mean, but, like, we know what we get out of Martin Furk, right? I mean, let's let's – Let's use the cap space that the Kings have. Let's make some deals. Let's th- let's start spending some money. It's time to start spending some of this money. We got to make some. We have the prospects, like Ryan mentioned. We have the draft picks. Let's make some deals. Let's go after a, a player like a Nikolai Ehlers or a Kyle Connor or, or, I, or we Red saw them. Kelly. And, and they, yeah, they were, oh God, hey, Jack, what's out. going here? These two can duke it out. Good God. No, but uh, I mean, we saw the Anthony Mantha deal. Like I know Dennis Bernstein mentioned it a couple of weeks ago uh, when we had him on. He, Anthony Mantha was a player that could have been moved, and sure enough, he got moved. I mean, it sounds like it was a little bit of an overpayment, giving up Jacob Verana in a first and second round pick. But yeah, I mean, it's time. I mean, we can talk. We can talk all about, we can about what we get out of uh, Martin Furk, what we get out of Matt Luff. But it's it's time to see – we need to bring in some new talent and we need to go after and utilize the draft ammo and the cap space. I mean, we're going to – the Kings are going to have, like, 
25 plus million in the offseason in terms of cap space. There's only like three players that need new contracts. Optimus you, Blake Lazat, and Trevor Moore. Those don't, I feel like those are the only players that really need new contracts in the offseason. Our whole, our whole defense is signed. So let's make some deals. Let's, let's start bringing in some new talent. You have to give Leah Sanderson a new contract, though, too. It would be a restricted free agent. But, no, I mean, to your point, Russell, he's not going to break the bank. No, I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, it, it's time, right? The, the fan base has been waiting patiently through this rebuild. They're starting to show flashes of what they can be. Now is the time to put this thing over the top. I, I totally agree with that. So as yeah, far Scott, as you, yes, oh, sorry, Scott, but you and you and I go back and forth in terms of Rasmus Stalin. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, if that actually happened, I'm I'm not going to be upset about it. It's not a player <laughs> I would I would spend all. It's not a player I would go after. But if the Kings made a deal for Dalin, great, love it. Let's bring in some new talent. Let's bring in some young, dynamic talent. He's the number one overall pick. You know what you're going to get out of him. And at least Rob Blake's making the moves to kind of build this team. But it's just, it, I'll, I'll say it again. It's just time. It's time to start. This offseason is going to be big. And uh, Rob Blake's had a great couple years so far. He's signed some really, really good value contracts in terms of Matt Roy, I follow, and even the Sean Walker deal is pretty good. But it's it's time to start reusing him, making some deals, wheeling and dealing. And, you know, this is a little, uh, you know, not someone, a little off the radar, I guess, but someone who, who I wouldn't mind seeing the Kings target this offseason is uh, Jamie Alexiak, who's, who's going to be an unrestricted free agent, I think. Left-handed shot, has some skill, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, you wouldn't even have to, to use that, that draft capital or that or probably even a ton of cap space that you can and still should. But that's someone else I, I would be targeting this offseason if I were the Kings. I think he would look really good as a left-handed shooting defenseman in their top, uh, top two pairings. Yeah, he's a little bit older than kind of what uh, Rob Blake had um, I guess mentioned in terms of you know that twenty five dynamic <laughs> left shot defenseman, but were late twenties. Yeah, is six foot seven. Obviously, yeah. he's a huge, huge guy back there. And um, I mean, just kind of spitballing here. But what do you guys think about Austin Strand sticking around next season? Why not? Sorry, go ahead. Well, I said, why not? Absolutely, yeah. why not? Yeah, I mean, Strand, Strand, Strand brings. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, to be honest, I was thinking about this earlier. If if the Kings went into next season with a defense of Anderson and Dowdy one two, or on the first pair, you have Bjorn or Clay. I, I would like Clay and Roy back together because I thought they showed some great flash when they played together earlier in the season. And then you have Bjornfoot and Walker on the third pairing. If they went into the next season with that defensive lineup, I probably I wouldn't be upset. I feel like you get. Another season of Anderson and Bjornfoot after their first rookie year. And then Clegg and Roy, another, se- another season of Clegg. Um, Roy st- very stable. Dowdy looks like he's kind of resurged his game a little bit with playing with Mikey. And Sean Walker, who knows, maybe he can bring a little bit more dynamic ability on the back end. I know he missed a lot of games because he's taking that shot to the face. But that's not a bad defensive pairing. Um, I as far as it being a Stanley Cup winning defensive pairing or defensive lineup, maybe not, but you could do a lot worse. Yeah, the thing about Austin Strange for me, as far as, you know, he has a right-handed shot, and you do already have Doughty and Roy and Walker on the right side, and I think, you know, that, you know, unless Austin Strand in the King's eyes is going to jump someone like a Sean Walker in, in their mind, um, I don't know if he's going to have a huge role on this team moving forward. Um 
I think he's someone you can probably look up to upgrade on, but you know, he, he is someone who's going to be nice to have around, you know, in terms of if there's injuries, he's someone who can come up and, and, you know, he, he can play uh, some steady minutes for you. So pick one of three, McDermott, Strand, or Ali Mata. I mean, the choice is obvious. It's got to be McDermott, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Why, why not, right? <laughs> Isn't he still, like, second among Kings defensemen on even strength goals this year? I mean, what a, you know. I don't want to look back. back. Numbers speak for themselves, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> So anyways, now that the trade deadline has passed, we've still got hockey games to play. And tonight we're playing the Vegas Golden Knights for the start of a first of what was it, two games we're playing, right? Yeah. Uh, Stapler. And then I believe we go to Colorado next, right? <laughs> so we got kind of a murderer's roller for the next four, <clears throat> excuse me, the next four games. So what do you guys think? Um, I mean, they, I will say this, the Kings do play better against the top seeded teams in the division. So if they can keep that up, well, you never know because you, then you got Anaheim, Minnesota, and Arizona. So, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, it seems like there's a pretty good chance that whatever's left of the Kings playoff hopes uh, is going to die on the grapevine this week. But if they can somehow manage to get, you know, five or six points out of these, you know, Vegas and Colorado games, then you get into a softer schedule. I mean, who knows? It's uh, the thing is that they are done with the Sharks now, I believe. And unfortunately, Thank they. Thank God. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately, they did very poorly against the Sharks. I think they only have one game left with St. Louis, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe a few left with Arizona, but they don't have a ton of games left against the teams that they would be directly competing with for that final playoff spot in the West. So, you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're gonna. It's it's not looking great. They're they're gonna have to to finish pretty hot, and they're gonna need some help. Um, but, you know, it's not completely out of their own possibility, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I think Kings fans should probably be excited for the rest of the season. I mean, playoffs, yeah, if we make it, that'd be great. But I think I think we were all kind of leaning towards it not being a possibility. But like Jack mentioned, this, these next few games or so, definitely going to be telling. Um, but it, you got to be excited with the, the prospects of having these uh, young players coming up. And I think that's kind of what we're all looking forward to um, over these last couple games here to end the season. And who knows, maybe if, if, if it doesn't go well in terms of the win or in the standings wise, who knows, maybe we get a good uh, top 10 pick and draft another good defenseman in the upcoming draft. I mean, can't go wrong with that. And we all, we all kind of knew that coming into the season that, the Kings weren't going to contend for a Stanley Cup, so development was going to be the key word this whole year. And we've we've been able to develop um, some good players, and I'm just hoping to see some more coming up from Ontario. Yeah, Russell. I mean, just to kind of reiterate your sentiments there, and the rest of the season is going to be exciting to watch. But these next four games, I think you're going to find me in the fetal position in the corner of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just I, I don't expect a lot from uh, the next four games. Uh, just I don't. Vegas, Vegas is looking good. Colorado's looking kind of unbeatable right now. If they can somehow <laughs> survive these to get to fans back at Staples Center against the Ducks on the twentieth, you know, it'd be exciting to see them all back. Or I'm surprised. Whatever. I'm surprised Colorado didn't. They didn't do much at the deadline today, huh? Did they? They just got a backup goaltender, and that was it. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, was, was... Uh, they got Soderberg, I think. Right? Oh, yeah, Soderberg. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But, but, uh, that was but, I mean, how much do they need, right? I mean, look at that team. <laughs> they're yeah. No, they're, yeah, you know, they're completely stacked. And when they're with when Kale McCarr is healthy on that back end, that, I mean, that's that's uh, impenetrable defense right there. But I'm surprised they didn't at least try to try to try to add in. No, Vegas added uh, Matthias Janmark. That was that was a good pickup for them. It's kind of like a Swiss Army knife who's gonna be playing on their um, bottom nine. But um, yeah. Well, um, there's a lot of moves to be, that were uh, made in the, in the deadline today. It was exciting, but in terms of the Kings, I think Kings fans should just be happy and be uh, fortunate to look forward to the, the future. I mean, we talk a lot about Rob Blake, but he he's done a tremendous job. I will say the the rebuild has been these last few years. It's been a little slower, but we've seen the prospect pool and we've, we've seen the rankings in the Athletic and all these other websites that rank the Kings as the number one prospect pool in the NHL and it's not even close. I mean, we talk about the Rangers and the Senators, but and the Kings definitely have the number one prospect pool in the NHL. And it's time to start bringing some of these prospects up and seeing what they got. Yep. I agree. Yeah. I think that's going to be the most exciting thing about this last part of the season. And I, I really hope that they do take full advantage of being able to bring some of the, bring the kids up. Why not? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. So, so don't burn their first years, their ELCs. Cause at this point it makes no sense. Right. To do that. If they were going to do that. You had to do that about halfway through the season, right? Yeah. But uh, definitely take advantage of this time. Have some fun with it. Let the kids play. If you get in, great. If you don't, you weren't expecting anyways, right? But let me ask yeah. you guys before we close. Just I, and I just want to throw this out. Maybe just kind of light the fuse a little bit, right? <laughs> so, what would you rather have? Have them squeak into the playoffs on the last day of the season to say phase of Colorado in the first round? Or to not make it and get to the lottery pick. It's easy at this point in the season. I'll go for another draft pick. Ooh, I mean, it, it, it depends where that pick is. If if they get some lottery luck and they're picking, you know, in the top five, okay, I'll take that. That's probably better in the long term. If I'm choosing between, you know, the eleventh overall pick and a playoff spot, even if they're likely to get, you know beaten by pretty badly by Colorado in the first round. <laughs> At that point, I'll take the playoff spot. But, uh, you know, yeah, you know, obviously I think, you know, in terms of what's beneficial for this team long-term, a little bit of playoff experience this year or a top four or five pick, at that point it's probably the draft pick. With the fifth overall pick, the Los Angeles <laughs> Kings select Simone Edmondson. No, I mean, I mean yeah, I mean uh, – we could sneak into the playoffs and get swept by the Avalanche. Yeah, sure, that'd be fun. But uh, it's it's. I think we kind of all know what's going on with the Kings. It's probably I, I wouldn't say we're going to fall that far down in terms of getting a top five pick. But who knows with the lottery? Um, yeah, it, it it's, it'd be nice. Maybe we can, like Scott mentioned in the last episode, maybe we can use that draft pick to get some uh, higher quality players that are NHL ready now. Maybe even make that Jack Eichel trade. Ooh, bring that back up again. <laughs> it's it's the talk hey, out there. I tell you, I, they started to pick back up again too. So yeah, the poor fans of Buffalo. You got to feel sorry for them. Man, I tell you. Yeah, how have we bad. not talked about that Taylor Hall trade? Oh my lord! Second Maybe. pick in and Rogers yeah. Park. I know. How do, how does Buffalo not get a first rounder? I mean, I understand the logic, right? Everybody's saying, well, because he's only got two goals this year. Okay, but. First round picks were getting thrown out like candy at a parade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing is, I mean, Hall also did have a no trade, and it sounded like he was kind of pushing for Boston. So, 
whatever little leverage Buffalo might have that was pretty much non-existent. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel so bad for, for Sabres fans at this point. I mean, they uh they were they tanked like five six years ago for the promise of a better future, and uh, that obviously hasn't materialized. And it's it's just I don't know where they go from here. It's just a mess. Yeah, it, it really is, and it's too bad. But you know, I mean, I heard that too about his no trade clause. He's pushing for Boston, but you know what? It was all contenders that were in in line for his services. You mean to tell me that if Colorado came knocking with a deal better than, than Boston, <laughs> he would? Oh no, I don't want to go play in Colorado. I want to go to Boston. Yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, really, does Taylor Hall think he's going to go sign with Boston with one year and go to the Stanley Cup Finals? Like, come on, dude. Like, you, you really thought that was going to happen? Like, obviously, you probably went there thinking you were going to get traded to the deadline. Like, and yeah. you're going to squeeze that team out of where you're going to send you? Yeah. Come on, now. Buffalo should have waited till closer to the actual deadline to deal him, in my opinion. They should have just kept him and said, if you're going <laughs> to squeeze us. Yeah, we're gonna keep you in, you right. in the, the abyss of Buffalo, right where it is now. That would have been pretty awkward after holding out of the lineup the last week. It's like, hey, uh, so you weren't traded, and uh, come back and finish the season with this uh, train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well, that was a fun show, boys. Uh, you know, like I said, the trade deadline is over, so. Um, let's get through the rest of this season, and the real fun begins in the off season when we see what our Kings are gonna do. But for tonight, let's enjoy this, uh, hopefully, I should say, enjoy this Vegas game. Uh, you never know. Maybe they can pull a miracle for us. And um, let's have some fun with it. Fingers crossed. Sounds good. I'm ready. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, listen to our trade deadline wrap-up here. So for Ryan Sykes, for Jack Weber, and for Russell Morgan, I'm Scott Kinville. Take, take care, everybody, and go Kings go. Go Kings go.